Dear founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. Before we start today's incredible episode, I just want to take a second to say thank you. Today's episode is all about growing a community, and it's very important to me that I take a minute to thank the one right here. Your continued support in listening and sharing this podcast has helped me to support so many of you in so many ways in just a few short months. The other thing that I want to say thank you for um, is really the greatest gift that this community has given me since I left the company that I founded last summer. So in recently creating a group workshop, many of you came to me asking me for ways to work with me one-on-one. And so I created these three opportunities and I put them out into the universe. I did exactly what I tell all of you to do every single day. My schedule is filled for June and I'm close to a wait list for July and August. So I cannot say thank you enough because your belief in me is so appreciated And from that, you know, I've created these three one-on-one options for working with me to help you grow your personal brand or your company's community through content, social media partnerships, email collaborations, and more. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes and fill out the form. You can grab 30 minutes with me for a free consult. I want to learn about you and your business and hopefully have the chance to work with you. So today's episode is one I am incredibly excited about. Like I am stoked to share today's conversation and today's guest with you. I met Betty Kawet when I put a call out, a call to action out that I wanted to interview founders who have used TikTok to benefit their business. As many of you know, I'm trying really hard to learn TikTok and this conversation alone taught me so much. You, you are really going to walk away learning so much about the basics of TikTok for your business. But I was blown away by Betty, her professionalism, her maturity, her advice, and the amazing business that she's building at just 24 years old. Yep, 24. Betty is a professional video content creator. She directs, shoots, and edits social media campaigns for her own brand, Betty's Booklist, as well as clients like Airy by American Eagle and Williams-Sonoma. She grew Betty's Booklist to over 200,000 on TikTok in only two weeks. She's experienced interviewing A-list talent such as Allie Raisman and Kelsey Ballerini. She is one of the most popular book influencers on TikTok and Instagram and beloved by both Gen Z and millennial markets. Please come on in and meet the very impressive Betty Kaywet. All right. Today on Dear Founder, we have a very special guest. We have a TikTok famous person. And I, as you guys know, I am intrigued by TikTok. I am trying to learn TikTok. So to have this person here today is very exciting to me. I'm so excited about this conversation. 
Betty Kawet, who is the founder of Betty's Booklist, is here with us today. And she has built an entire platform. She is one of the largest book influencers on TikTok, literally by showing up on TikTok. And she also has a huge Instagram following. So Betty, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Of course. And, you know, I think like I was sharing with you before we hopped on, a lot of people listening are really intrigued by TikTok and I and just like don't even really know much about it. And so I think before we kind of get into the whole TikTok conversation, I would love for you to take us through how you launched your platform, because as a reader myself, I also was so happy to find your platform. So I really was so excited to find you for multiple reasons. But how did this start? Well, it's really interesting because if we take it way back before Betty's book list ever even existed, I was learning as much as I possibly could about TikTok because I was basically in charge of directing, concepting, shooting, editing, like running all of Airy by American Eagles video content. So I was able to really mastermind their launch on TikTok and their big Love the Swim Your Aim campaign, which built their entire following. And that was just like such a fun, exciting thing to do. So over the course of that first year that companies were getting on TikTok and that Ari was getting on TikTok, I was able to really learn a lot from the TikTok team directly and from just trial and error and being able to do everything from like concepting ad campaigns with them to making organic content and working with TikTok creators through Ari. And then... So I do that for about a year. And then I went to a writing conference that's almost exactly a year ago right now called The Muse in the Marketplace via Grub Street in Boston, which is an amazing like writing resource for anyone who wants to write more, be it like fiction, memoir, magazines, whatever. They have an amazing five-day conference, which is actually next week. I don't know what week it'll be when this airs, but it's um, at the end of April. And at this conference, they kept talking about this thing called book talk. They were like, book talk, book talk. And I was like, okay, so I get that it's TikTok, but it's videos about books. I never see that when I'm on TikTok. They're not coming up on my For You page because I was getting a lot of fashion videos since I worked in fashion and was making all these outfit transitions for Aerie. And like, that's what I was getting. And then after like going to this conference, I was like, I want to start on book talk. So midway through the conference, actually, I made my first book talk video, which was in the style that I became known for, where I promo a book in the first person as one of the main characters, which is a style that I had actually wanted a friend of mine to do for her own novel, because she had a novel coming out, Something Wild by Hannah Halperin, which is such an amazing book. But I had tried to convince her for a few weeks. I was like, you know, like, do the video like this. That'll go so well. It's like a story time, which is a popular format on TikTok where you're like telling a first person story, though they're usually real life, not a book plot, but she's not super social media forward. So she didn't want to do it. But then I was like, you know, I have a huge backlog of books that I've read. I'll just start doing it. I'll do one a day. And I followed all the like know-how I had from working with TikTok and Aerie. So my videos were generally under 15 seconds. They had a great hook. The hook is the most important part because people either watch or scroll after the first two or three seconds. They had a trending sound underneath, even though it was pushed down to like 1% volume. So you couldn't even hear it, but it was there just to like get it up in the algorithm. And I filmed them in the app and used the text feature, used like a slight filter. 
just so I was using features of the app. And then I put the right hashtags on. And for the first three days, and then like every day going forward, I tried to train my algorithm by only engaging. I made a new account to do this, Betty's Booklist. I had like a personal account that I mostly watched videos on for research for Aerie and inspiration. But this was a fresh account and I trained it to know that whenever I saw a video that was related to books, I would stop and engage with it, watch the whole video, comment on it, like it. And after three days, it was only showing me book videos because it had learned what I wanted. I was able to train it. And then suddenly my videos were going to the right people. And that third video is viral. And for about a month after that, every video was viral, which was really amazing. But it was a combo, I think, of obviously luck. Going viral is always luck, but also doing everything that I had learned, you know, and being consistent. So before we get into the whole TikTok algorithm, and as you saw, I was like fiercely writing some questions <laughs> to you while you were talking. How is it? I want you to explain to the people who are listening how it is that you make money doing this. Yeah, so you can make money a few different ways, but the main way you make money is partnerships. So basically, I'll get paid to promote a certain book or like a movie that's a book to screen adaptation or things like that by different like brand partners. So by say Disney, HarperCollins, Penguin Random House, um, Fiction, it's an amazing app with like all these female centric stories that we can talk about later, but it's kind of similar to what I do. But like, you get paid by different partners to do a video that is an ad. And typically I'm paid to do a video that feels organic and is in my usual style. You can also make money through like affiliate marketing. So like I have a link on my profile that goes to an Amazon affiliate page where any book or anything anyone buys with the link, I then receive money for. Or like, I mean, I suppose you could make money just through other opportunities that this leads to like people you meet, like you, like hopefully one day I'll like publish my own book one and I'll have met all these amazing bookish people who can help facilitate that through this. And like, you could end up like narrating an audiobook or something like that. But the number one way is through like brand partners. So like there's, I mean, there's amazing things I've gotten to do. I did one with Valentino and I was like, Oh my God, I love clothes. So like a Valentino book collab is like everything to me. Do you still have your day job? So I don't still have my day job. I left my day job in end of December of last year, even though it was a really fun job. I mean, who doesn't want to go on photo shoots? But in 2021, I was traveling almost half the time, maybe a third to half, which is a really rigorous travel schedule. And that was because I was directing and shooting all of Aries video content, which I mean, definitely was like a dream job when I started it. But at the end of the day, I just felt that I was sacrificing too much of my own creativity to that job and not being able to take that creativity and use it for my own things, which I'll always love the most. I love, congratulations, because I think it's a, it's a huge, 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 huge feather in your cap to be able to say, I had a side hustle and I loved my side hustle so much. And I turned it into a full-time gig and I was able to cut the cord and leave my job. And you are, can I say how old you are? 24. Yeah. And you are 24 years old. And that is unreal. I also think it's amazing that what it is that you're doing on TikTok and the topic and your niche 
really transcends all demographics, right? So like, even Mm -hmm. though you are, you are 24, you are not talking about like 24 year old things. You're talking about books and books are for everyone. And, you know, when I even looked at like a lot of the books that you're talking about, like a lot of them are books that I've read and want to read and are on my Mm -hmm. own list. So it's genius because you have built yourself a business that has no age limit and really transcends all demographic boundaries. So kudos to you. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's a fun one because like in my content, I'm acting as a character in the book. So like one day I could be literally acting as like a professional chef. And the next I could be like acting as an 18 year old or like a 45 year old mom or whatever it is. It's really fun, really creative. So in your bio that was sent over to me, it was noted that you got to 200,000 followers on TikTok in two weeks. Yeah, I was, it was insane when I first went viral, like, because I was only doing this one thing, people were really hitting that follow button fast. I was doing something pretty novel that they hadn't seen something like, and I was consistently doing only that. So they knew that if they followed me, this is what they would get all the time. It wasn't like I was a creator that did a lot of different things. And I posted a recipe they liked, but they didn't know what they would really get if they followed me. I think it was because they knew exactly what they were getting. Book recommendations forever. They were happy to hit follow really fast, but it was insane. I mean, a lot of my early videos were very viral. So that definitely helped. So like, what do you, what do you do when that happens? Like, were you surprised? Were you, I mean, like, how does one react to that kind of really instantaneous success? Yeah. I mean, I had definitely had single viral hits before like working with brands. Cause I did Aerie and I also did William Sonoma's TikTok and they had had a few videos that would get like 2 million here and there. Like an Aerie ad that I had worked on got about 50 million views in a day, which was really crazy, but it had a boost. But this, since it was my own and it was something like so creative and so me, like talking about books and like this fun way where it's literally my face, it felt a little crazy to go on. And like the first two videos I did ended up being viral, but they initially only had a few hundred views. And then all of a sudden I had like literally millions of notifications. I remember I was making dinner and then looked at my phone and it was like a hundred thousand or like views or something. And then when I woke up the next day, like it had, it was just like millions of notifications, which is crazy. And it kept going for weeks. Like every video was basically a hit initially. Cause it was like such a exciting thing. But I mean, I remember when I hit 200,000, cause I was at the airport going to a photo shoot for Aerie. And I was like, you know, I still have to like go to work. And so <laughs> for me, that was going on a photo shoot in Texas where I was like directing and shooting an airy campaign. And then like at the end of a rap night, I'd go down to the pool and sit there and make a video about a book because I had really just started this. I had no backlog of content to be pulling from. I was literally going and shooting for 15 hours and then going to some location in Texas to try to shoot a video in a parking garage or a pool after like working a super long day. So that was a little crazy. And like, I mean, I definitely got super burned out after a few months of doing that just because I had such a demanding job already. But it was also really exciting and like incredibly surreal to go to set for 15 hours, then look at my phone and have another video with a million views. Really crazy. So how did you kind of make that pivot from 
you were creating content and it was going viral and you were making money, obviously, from your regular day job. But how did you make that pivot to making money? What did people re- start reaching out to you? Did you start reaching out to the publishing houses? What was that transition like? That's a really interesting one. So I the first video I ever like for a long time, I didn't make any money. I didn't really realize it was like going to be a money making venture that could replace my regular jobs income at like a good job. But the first paid video I did was with book of the month. And it was enough money that it made me stop and think like, how many weeks would I work to make this much money at like a regular nine to five job? Because yeah, when you look at someone who's shooting freelance a campaign, they might make a lot of money in a day. Like shooting freelance versus being on an in-house team is very different. Like someone shooting freelance for a week could make my yearly salary at like an in-house team job. So looking at my in-house job and then looking at what I was making for one video, I was like, oh, this is something to think about. The first one I had reached out just saying like, oh, like, to book of the month, I just was like, I love book of the month. Like my account, I just made an account promoting books. And then they were like, do you want to do a video? And then we did a promotion together and I negotiated pretty intensely with them. I would say I've always loved negotiating. One of my favorite books is never split the difference negotiating like your life depends on it. But then from there, I didn't really do any more reach outs. It was mainly incoming from places like, I think my next one was Harper Collins. And then eventually, like, there's a lot of gifting and, like, around December, there's just a lot of paid videos. You'll be seeing them as ads and maybe not even know because there's just so many. And that's when it really started to, like, snowball. And I got the opportunity to do a few, like, bigger collabs, which was really exciting. And, yeah, like, it was, like, kind of sporadic until I started being more consistent with my content. Like once I had a period after I went viral where I was reposting videos, I wasn't necessarily posting every day because I was still working at my job. Like I was burned out. I was trying to do a lot. But then once I left my day job and started posting every day, then suddenly like there was just a lot more incoming and it really worked. And I was also lucky enough that like I could still work freelance. Like I've still done work with places since leaving my like directing and videography in-house job. Like that's something that you can still do. So I knew I could supplement if need be. Like I wasn't like totally diving in, but then it ended up working out so well that I actually haven't done an area shoot since I left. Cause I was like, I can focus on my writing and my own videos and like, it's all worked out. I'm so happy for you. I I'm, I'm, so happy and it's not to and say I'll never shoot for a fashion brand again, but it's course. like I can really hold out for the campaigns that are extremely exciting of to course. me because like this business is making enough income. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. 
Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. Before I kind of get into my next question, I just want to like throw something out there and like you are 24, like to be able to say that you're doing this at 24 is just really fucking amazing. I'm sorry. Like most 24 year olds are like worrying about like, I I know 24 year olds whose parents book them doctor's appointments. Okay. So like (laughs) the fact that like you have built this business and you, and you figured it out on your own. You didn't, you didn't have a handbook. You didn't have someone telling you what to do and like really and truly kudos to you. I, I mean, oh, I mean, you. It. like, thank it's you so really much. Just, it's really awesome to see a young adult who's, I mean, you are green in the work world. You are not, you know, you don't have 20 years of experience. It is really cool to see someone your age doing something like this and so passionate and making it like really making it. Thank you. I think it's all about the passion. Like I was really lucky. Definitely. I've made my own luck is what I would say. Like when I got my first job with Aerie, I was hired right out of school after graduating in three years instead of four. And like I did the reach out. I was reaching out to them until they gave me an internship that didn't even exist. Then I was staying in touch. Then I was telling them I was graduating early. I was doing all the work to like make that opportunity happen. It's what I call making your own luck. My mom told me that first, actually. I was like, I think I'm just lucky. And she's like, no, you made your own luck. And that's exactly what this was. Like I waited until I had like a good idea, a strategy and like went about it in like a consistent and right way. Like training the algorithm like that is something that most people don't do. Like, I think it is all about making your own luck and opportunities and believing in the things that you're passionate about. Cause I've always loved to read. I love to write and like, like just showing up for yourself instead of like half-assing things. I can't half-ass anything. Either can I. It's all or nothing. (laughs) I love it. So let's talk a little bit about training the algorithm. Okay. Because of course we talked about how you got to 200,000 in two weeks. You mentioned, you talked a little bit about the steps that you took when we first got started in this conversation, Mm -hmm. but for someone who is like just getting started on TikTok, or, I mean, maybe they don't even have an account and they're just like so nervous because it is so intimidating, which it is. And and especially to someone who does not know anything about it. Like I always tell people, you just got to get on and do it. Like no matter what the platform is, right? Like it's like, you got to get on and do it. Like you can't be afraid of it. But what would you tell someone in terms of getting started on TikTok and like why training the algorithm is so important? And like, let's kind of review what those steps are and what it means a little bit more in depth. Well, I would say if you don't already have an account that is actually fantastic because that means you haven't been looking at like all kinds of different things and screwing up your algorithm. I think starting fresh with a new account is great. That's what I did when I was ready to make this bookish book talk account. Um, But basically training the algorithm is just teaching the app, the kind of content that you want to see. So usually you just watch whatever you want and what you engage with, the app will show you more of. 
it's learning about you and it's super smart. But when you're training the algorithm, you're being careful to only engage with the things that you want the app to think you care about. So I only engaged with book videos so that the app would then know this person is interested in books. Let me then in turn show her videos to people who like books, which Can took I a few days. Something about that? Mm-hmm. How, because like, and I know the answer, but I want to share the answer. Yeah. How do you find those videos? Is it like Instagram where you look for a hashtag? How do you find the things that only you want to communicate with? I really want to get like back right. to basics. So you need to you know? know your niche. You need to know what it is that you're going to be posting about. So for example, for me, I went to my conference. They're talking about book talk. I love books and making videos. So I know that I want to make a book talk. So I Google book talk. And then I find a New York Times article that lists 10 awesome book talk creators. I follow those creators and engage with their videos. They're in the niche. They're exactly what I'm looking for. And that's under my following tab because I followed them. Then I go over to the for you page tab and I'm watching a video. If it's not related to what I want, I scroll immediately. I don't let it play. It does not continue. It does not belong on my phone. If I see a video that's about books, no matter whether I'm interested in the video or not, while we're in training mode, I stop, I let the whole video play, I let it start again, I write a comment if there's anything at all I can think of to say, and then I keep going and doing that. And once you have the base of following a few people in your niche, so like you could follow, like if you are a chef, you could follow a few different chefs or cooking like accounts, whatever it may be that your niche is. And then you're just being really selective. And I still, to this day, like when I'm on that account, I'm not liking a video if it's not related to books, you know, and I'm not following like my little sister on it because she doesn't make videos about books. Such good advice. So, okay. We talked about who to follow and how to kind of train the algorithm from that regard. Talk about, let's talk about how to create that first piece of content or those first few pieces of content and what is so important about that content? Well, I think obviously you want your content to relate to your niche. And I think it's really good if you niche down. Like a lot of people say like, oh, I just want to be a lifestyle influencer. But a friend of mine who I was helping coach a little bit was saying that. And I was like, you know, people are not going to necessarily follow you if you're just a general lifestyle influencer. Maybe they only want hair tips. Maybe they only want outfits. You live in Chicago. What if you only made content about living in Chicago? And then they know I can follow this girl and I'll get a guide to life in Chicago. And that worked much better for her once she started making content that was really niched down. And like, sure, some people can have like a wide, wide niche, but it's a lot harder to build a following initially unless you're just totally reliant and on being extremely attractive, to be honest. Cause like that's an easy way to get follows is just by looking cute, but like, if you want people to really engage with your content and follow you for a specific reason and build that following fast, you need to be providing something consistent. And like, I always say that your content should provide either value or entertainment. I'm sure I heard that somewhere else first. So you probably can't credit me, but I always think that like, am I providing value or entertainment? And I'm providing both, but whenever anyone is making something, if you can't label how you're providing one of those two things, you probably shouldn't post the video at all, to be honest. But I would just wait until you know exactly what you want to do. I know a lot of people say, just jump in, but on TikTok, it matters a lot that you post consistently. 
So I would wait until you have a month when you have 30 days that you can post in a row and you know what you want to post. So I knew I have 30 books that I could do. And once you have 30 days worth of content in your niche that you can post, start doing it. Do it consistently for one month and just see how it goes. And you could brainstorm ideas first. You could use trending sounds, whatever you want, but just wait until you can do it consistently for 30 days. Because lots of people are like, well, I posted a video. It didn't get many views, but unless you're ready to be consistent, it might not be the time yet. In terms of consistency, do you recommend, of course, consistency means posting every day, but do you recommend Mm -hmm. following kind of what you did and posting in like the same consistent format and style, or should people be testing out different styles? I mean, you see people posting, you know, minute long videos that are a little like five tips for this and that. And then you see people posting like seven second videos with like the long form content over it to get the, the views up. So what, what would you recommend in that regard? I would recommend you try out different things and see what works for you if your goal is to build a presence and a following. My goal was to post this format that I was really passionate about and excited about and see if it hit. And if it didn't, no matter. Like It wasn't like I went out to be viral at all. Honestly, I was like, I think this is a sick thing. Like, Let me do it and see how it goes. And I kept doing it for a few days, even though not many people even watched it till the third day and like was rewarded. But I think that in general, it's good to do different things and find out what sticks. Because I know some people who have done this 30-day thing have, it took them maybe 15 days before they found the type of content that was viral for them and worked for them. And it's not, what is viral for you might not be what's viral for other people. Talk a little bit about repurposing content because you do have an Instagram account too, and you have a huge following on Instagram as well. Yeah. Do you... Do you take your TikToks and remove the watermark and put them on Instagram? Or do you re-record your, your TikToks for Instagram? What, what is best practice there? Because people get so, especially small business owners who are managing their business and their social, if they're not a content creator full-time, it gets to be a lot. It is a lot. I use the exact same content for reels that I do on TikTok. When I started, actually, I was so overwhelmed with work. My little sister was posting all of my Instagrams for me. She would download it without the watermark through like a converter and then post the same video on Instagram with the same caption, the same hashtags. And like, it took me a little bit longer to go viral on Instagram, but ultimately different videos for the most part went viral there. But my most viral video was actually on Instagram. It had over 6 million views, Oh my God. which is wild. And it's also my most viral on TikTok. So I guess that one just like was really good. But I would say that generally content that works on TikTok works on Instagram, but trends hit later on Instagram. So a trend that you see on TikTok might not become a trend on Instagram for a few weeks, but I would post the same stuff. Now I actually like save the videos without watermark just by screen recording them. And I do engage a little bit more on Instagram. Like Instagram feels slightly like easier since you can post stories and stuff too. It's easier for me to just show my followers what I'm reading in bed and like what I'm doing on vacation. And they get more of a glimpse of like my personal life. I would say now TikTok has stories, but that's really a very new feature. And I think it's great to just use the same content. I know some brands like don't follow that strategy because they think Instagram is a different market because it's older people. But I would say that it's better to post the same stuff on Reels than to post nothing at all. I agree. And I actually, I 
was shown the like what is it snap tick i was shown snap like mm-hmm. the snap tick website the other day to remove the watermark and i've been trying to do that so that uh, to your point i don't have to create everything more than once i mean it's a, it's really a pain in the right. ass to be honest it just it gets a little out of sync when you use those converters which is why i now screen record because like i'm talking in my videos so like if it's out of sync everyone's like what is happening here but i would say That's that screen recording tip. it works really well that's a great, great, great tip. Um, I just, sorry, I'm looking through my notes. I want to make sure I get through everything that I want to ask you. No worries at all. Mm. I could talk about TikTok all day. That's what I was doing like at Aries <laughs> since I was like the resident young person since I started there when I was 21. I feel like it really became my my battleground, TikTok. But that's, it's ama- it's really amazing. I mean, truly like, you can also teach some courses on TikTok. I'm telling you, you can make <laughs> you can make a fortune doing that because so many people don't know how to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like when when yeah. you were at Aerie was, I mean, that was three years ago. So like TikTok was like new, right? So like you were like, yeah. like you it took learned a while. I was gonna say I had you to learned TikTok. Them to go on. Yeah. I mean, like you learned TikTok the way I learned Instagram. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I was, I had my own company when Instagram came out and I had to teach myself Instagram. I was like, Insta what? Like, I remember very vividly, if you look back at my business account, which I don't even own anymore. I mean, it's owned by someone else. The very first post is like a picture of me at a wedding. It has nothing to even like mm-hmm. do with the business because I created a brand. Like it's, you think back to like those first TikToks or videos or whatever, yeah. maybe. but you were, you learned TikTok as TikTok was growing. Yeah, definitely. And how do you how do you think that impacted your upper hand in terms of figuring out what what needed to be figured out to make this happen? Oh, I mean, it helped tremendously. I would say that it was like a combination of me going on my own like private account to like use the app and teach myself how to do things so I could help them and of getting to like engage and like create such huge marketing campaigns and see what hit. Like that's something that not many people get to do. Like that love this one year in campaign had like 11 different creators. So I got to see like, got to like direct these creators through briefs from afar and like storyboard a campaign and like a campaign with like really significant spend that got significant views and grew their following by like 300%. Like you literally could not buy that kind of experience, honestly. So I think we'll never be able to separate it, but also that they wouldn't have been able to do those things if I hadn't been there and taught myself so much on my own either. So they can't separate it either. But I think that that is, that it's a, that is a very good point is that you taught yourself a lot on your own. And that is really the case with a lot of social media and goes back to what I was saying. Like you just have to get on and do it and mm-hmm. like figure out what works. You talked. Yeah, a and bit. you can always do it on one account. Like I did it on my private account, and then I made when I felt ready. I made this other account when I felt ready to play the game. I love, and that. that's a great thing to do. You talked a little bit at the top of our conversation about the importance of a hook, and obviously that is a term that any marketer knows because you have to hook your audience. Talk to me a little bit about what does it mean on TikTok to have a good hook, and what makes a good hook. Well, on TikTok, you have two seconds, basically, before they either decide to watch or scroll. So like in paid ads, people see a huge drop off after six seconds too. Like people aren't even watching a 15 second ad. They're dropping off after like six seconds. So you really have to hook people right away. 
And I think my videos generally try to do that. Like my most successful ones, the most successful one was I showed up at work this morning and my boss told me I hadn't worked there in five years, which makes, it probably takes me under two seconds to say it's really novel and it's like a wild thing to hear and you want to hear what happens next. But I think in general, like it's just a good idea to tell people to get people with a hook or with some idea of what your video will be. So you see a lot of videos that are like five ways to style the Prada re-edition bag or whatever it is. And I might watch that video because I know exactly what I'm going to get. You don't want to leave people, unless you're hooking them like I am, where it's something like truly riveting. You don't want people to have to wait five seconds before they find out what your video will be about. You know, like you want to give them some sort of information at the beginning if you don't have like a riveting hook, like a book plot. If a video falls flat, do you recommend leaving it up or do you take it down? I leave it up. I mean, I think for me, like my videos are like an expression of my own creativity. They're almost like not. I mean, I don't think it is wrong to call TikTok art. I think that people are making art when they're making these videos. So I think if you made something you're proud of, leave it up. I think that videos go viral later all the time, especially on Instagram. Instagram reels almost never go viral right away. I'll have a video I posted a month earlier, suddenly get 3 million views. Like I would leave it up. For TikTok, I've had that happen only a few times where it didn't go viral right away, but it's not to say it doesn't happen. You never know. And it's just like, think of it like your own personal portfolio. If it's something you're proud of, then leave it. What would you say to someone who says it is, I think it's too late to join TikTok? Um, I think it's never too late. I do think there will be a new platform after TikTok. It's like how, you know, TikTok came after Instagram. There's going to be a next thing and you can jump on that earlier, but people go viral every day. Like look at, um, there's just people like that girl who does the salmon, like she had been an influencer, like a lower tier influencer, like casually doing it for years before she went super viral so it's clearly never too late you truly never know what will go viral and what will hit so many videos I've been like really this is what goes viral like so weird you know it's hard to predict sometimes so sometimes it does feel like you're just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks but you're never too late because it's impossible to predict how the companies will change the algorithm and how that could affect your videos so I it's not ask, just your content. Right. So I want to ask you kind of the same question. This is going to be my final question, but I want to ask it to you two ways because it's kind of a, it's you, you wear two hats and especially in this conversation, like you, you have this business and you also are a content creator. So I would love for you to share three things that someone who's never been on TikTok should do if they want to get on TikTok. And then I would like for you to share three things that someone who wants to start a business should do? Advice that you would give to them? Well, I'd say if you haven't been on TikTok, but you want to think about what you want your content to be, because I don't think that you need to watch a bunch of other people's content to decide what you want to make. Definitely do if you want to, but think about what you want to create and what makes you happy to make. Because the only reason I'm able to still be doing these videos now almost a year later is because there's something that I like to do. I enjoy doing it. You're never going to be successful or it's unlikely you'll have sustainable success doing a type of content that 
you don't enjoy. So think about what you want to be putting out there. Then think about how you can make sure you have a clear defined niche because that's how you're going to build that following. And it is more fun when you're going viral. Not going to lie. It is more fun. And then just be consistent. I think that matters like a lot, so much. Three things that you've learned from owning your own business. Well, I would say the most important thing that I've learned is to focus on your own wellness and protect yourself from burnout. I think that is the hardest thing that I've dealt with just because doing my own job my full-time job and doing my business as a side hustle left me really burnt out. So I try to think about these are the things that like fill me up creatively. And these are the things that take away. And how can I like trade those things and do more of the things that fill me up and less of the things that take away. So I know that like, for me, like, I don't want to put on makeup and make videos every single day. I'll have one or two days of the week where I'll make those videos because it's tiring, you know? And then the other day is I'll focus on like my fiction writing and things like that and reading and going outside and making sure I work out to like take care of yourself and make sure that your own well-being comes first. I have no regrets over all the sacrifices I made. Like, all the nights, like I didn't go out with friends, like I focused on my own stuff and worked really hard. I would say you should never feel bad about working hard. This is number two, never feel bad about working harder than the people around you. If you're passionate about what you're going out to get, because like I'm 24 at the time I was 23. I started like my adult career working with older people when I was 21 and it wasn't really relatable content for the people I was friends with and grew up with. But like your friends will be there for you and they'll support you going after what you want if they're the right people for you. You don't need to have a lot of people in your life as long as you have the right ones. So don't feel bad about staying in to focus on your hustle because the time will come when like you can like enjoy it. You know, I feel like once I was able to leave my full-time job, I was able to take a step back and enjoy what I've built for myself. And even now, like I'm starting to really get to like, enjoy this, enjoy this space that I've been able to make for myself because of having my own business in this way. Enjoy having the time to write a novel every morning instead of like waking up at seven to get a workout in before going to the office. Like, Take the time to enjoy it and don't feel bad for the sacrifices that you make because if it's what you want, everything is worth it. And set up those retirement accounts young. You will never regret investing young because there's exponential growth. And the reason I was able to feel comfortable leaving a full-time job was because I knew I was setting myself up on a path for financial success. So take the risks, but also like be setting yourself up because even investing $20 a month at a young age will set you up for so much success later on. So doing little things like that can make you feel secure enough to make the choices that feel scary. Betty Kaoet from Betty's Booklist, you are incredible. I think that anyone who's listening to this episode has learned something. I, I mean, to say that you are 24 and some of that advice that you just gave, I think that people who are in their 50s could absolutely benefit from it. So thank you. Well, thank and you. Really, Do you mind I am, if I give a shout out to a few books that I like? Please go on. ahead. Shout a away. A few books, a few platforms. 
Well, shout out one goes to my amazing manager's app, Fictions, which is an app that is all centered around like female and diverse stories. And I love it because they're all like, how do you even say it? They're like plays. It's like you're listening to a play. And I love to listen to stuff like that when I work out, but you're basically listening to a book or like a video like mine, but in podcast form, you're listening to the story be acted out while you're at the gym in the car. So check it out. It's amazing. They're so fun. If you like my videos, this is the long form version. And let me look at my bookshelf at what just came out. Okay. I just read the most amazing book. Funny. You should ask. Such a good read, a cute rom-com, amazing women's fiction, so good. The Candy House is behind me, an amazing like sci-fi read, highly, highly recommend. And let me get a thriller, The Club, the Reese's Book Club pick from like a month ago, amazing thriller about this elite social club and there is a murder. So that's like the two second version of those books. But if you're looking for like literary sci-fi romance or a thriller those are three great ones for you i always like to shout out a few books since that's what we're all here for at the end of the day is book racks thank you so much betty i so appreciate your time and i'm so excited to share this conversation thank you so much for having me on how amazing is betty and how just unbelievable is it that she is only 24 she is so mature and her knowledge and wisdom is spot on for so many entrepreneurs, no matter what your age is. So Betty, thanks so much for spending your time with us, for sharing your knowledge and wisdom with us. Honestly, I am so excited that um, we've been able to share this story and your story. So thank you. Now I want you guys to get out your pen and paper because there are so many incredible takeaways from today's episode. You are going to want to write them down. Here we go. Number one, going viral is luck, but use these tips and be consistent. When making videos, you want them to be under 15 seconds. You want them to have a great hook because people either watch or they scroll. So you have to hook them quick. Put a trending sound underneath the video, even at 1% volume. Film your videos in the app and use features in the app. Also, you want to try to use the right hashtags. Number two, when it comes to opportunities and business, make your own luck. Reach out, pound the pavement, do the work to make opportunities happen. Number three, when starting on TikTok, start with a fresh new account. This is the best way to go. Teach the app the kind of content that you want to see. Watch videos in your niche, comment on them, like them. Train the algorithm to know your niche. The app will learn about you and it's super smart. Be careful to only engage with the things that you care about. Number four, ask yourself if you're providing value or entertainment. You want to be able to provide one of these two things. If not, then you really shouldn't post the video at all. Number five, if you have 30 days, you want to take that content in your niche for 30 days and post it for one month. Be consistent and see what happens. What works, what sticks, what what do people like, what do people not like, and then go from there. Number six, think about what you want your content to be on TikTok. What makes you happy? You have to like making the videos. Make sure that you have a clearly defined niche and again, be consistent. Number seven, Focus on your wellness and protect yourself from burnout. What fills you up creatively and what takes away from from you and how you do. You want to make sure that you are doing more of what fills you up. Number eight, take care of yourself and make sure that your own well-being comes first. You, You should never feel bad about working harder than the people around you if you're passionate about what you're going out to get. Number nine, set up your retirement accounts young. You will never regret that. 
Number 10, it's never too late to get started. I cannot thank you enough for being here and for joining us on today's episode of Dear Founder. And a special thanks to those of you who have left a rating or review. If you like what you're hearing on Dear Founder, please take out your phone, scroll down to the bottom on the podcast app and click that five-star review and leave, leave a review. Five-star rating and leave a review. I would really, really appreciate it. We have some amazing guests coming up, so please make sure that while you're there, you also subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen so that you never miss an episode. If you know someone who wants to start their own business like Betty or who has started a business or who has an amazing idea, please text them this episode or post it on your Instagram. You can also do this if you know someone who really wants to get started on TikTok. Tag me. I'll reshare some of these to say thank you. Stay tuned for another episode of Dear Founder coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday.